New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Well, winter is certainly upon us here in the Southern Hemisphere and there is snow on the Alps. If that appeals to you, then I would thoroughly encourage you to head across to the siteshed.com forward slash events and check out the program we're running called Learn and Ski. In August this year, we'll be taking a group of business owners over to the lovely Wanaka in New Zealand, where we will be partaking in a ski workshop. We will be skiing in the mornings and then we will be workshopping in the afternoons and then in the evenings we will no doubt be checking out the bars and restaurants of Wanaka in New Zealand. It's a beautiful spot and there's some great mountains there. So if that's something that appeals to you, come along. It's basically a tax deductible trip and I've put that together because uh, I want to help you guys find a way that you can take a bit of time out, get along, invest in yourselves, invest in your business and learn some cool stuff that you can implement into your Uh, into your company while you also get a few runs in on the hill so it's going to be a load of fun there's a bunch of really cool people coming along if it sounds like something you want to do head across to the siteshed.com forward slash events hello listeners and welcome back to toolbox talks my name is matt jones now tell me something have you guys ever worked in a family business or are you currently working in a family business and not necessarily being one of the family members however being are working in a organization that is made up of a lot of relatives. They always have their challenges and they have challenges both internally and externally. Um, and in this episode, I'm joined by um, Al Levy from Appleseed Business. And Al has uh, been on the show a number of times. However, in this instance, I thought it'd be really cool to cover off on a um, on a series that is talking about family and family organizations. And this series name is Why Most Family Businesses Don't Work and How the Seven Power Contractor Approach Can Help. It's We've broken it down into three different episodes. Episode one, we're talking about planning power and building a flat organizational chart into your company. And then we're talking in this following episode about operating power, how you can define in writing what goes on you know, within those um, organizational chart categories. And then the final episode, we're talking about leadership and we're talking about why you know leadership is so important in steering that ship to where it needs to go. So this is a cracking series. Once again, Al Levy has gone above and beyond in delivering amazing content. He really is an incredible communicator and he's also um, offered a call to action, which will be on the show notes where you can uh, receive a sample of his book and of course that will have then a link to the actual book if you want to continue reading but i thoroughly encourage you all to check that out anyway uh, that's all from me let's dive right in giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business you're listening to toolbox talks from the site shed now here's your host matt jones Hello and welcome back to Toolbox Talk. This is episode two of the three-part series called Why Most Family Businesses Don't Work and How the Seven Power Contractor Approach Can Help. And I'm joined with my co-host, 
Al Levy from Appleseed Business. Al, thank you very much for joining us back at the microphone. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, Al, so in the first episode, um, we talked about planning powder, pow- <laughs> planning powder, planning power, and building a uh, <laughs> flat organizational chart into um, the business. Um, and this, that was a really powerful episode. I, if you missed that, go back and check it out because regardless of what level your business is at, you should have some form of organizational chart implemented, even if it's just you and your dog running around clearing block drains. There should be some sort of uh, chart in place there if you if you want to scale and grow, that is for sure. That was really good. Go check that one out. And in this episode, we're actually talking about operating power. And Al, what are we what are we covering off on in this in this episode? So build on uh, planning power. And uh, actually, I wanted to back up for one quick second here. Is so some of you listeners might go, "Hey, I, I don't have a family business. What do I care?" Here's what I was sharing with uh, Matt. Every business I have ever been in, whether you're related or not, operates like a family. Mm-hmm. So that means if you're a 22-year-old owner and you have people at work, the virtue of you being in there and you're not related, you're still their dad. And so it goes to what we've talked about in the past, which is, are you going to have a functional family or a dysfunctional family? People go to work because they want to feel like they belong to a, a family. Yeah. And that's really kind of it. So before you dial out, what I'm talking about here applies to every business, only super applies to family businesses. All of it is all good information, no matter what kind of business you have. So we had talked about this no family business is going to run the way it should or be able to be passed on the way that it could be without first having a flat organizational chart. And that's when we spent some more time. And we talked about how to bring people on family members, multi-generational. Once we have the boxes on the org chart, or once we know what goes on in those boxes, then we have to get down to making it real. And what today is operating power is how to define in writing what goes on in those boxes. So now we're clear what goes on in those boxes, but now we have to get the policies and procedures. So let's make it real, which is the accounts receivable person or the accounts payable person or the, um, the service tech, there are policies and procedures they have to fill in each of those boxes. So we have to have the list of activities that go on, and then we have to define whether it's a policy or a procedure so that it's clear and it's objective where nobody can come on board. Here's what typically happens. Um, I'm the dad. Matt, again, is my kid. And Matt is either my golden child who could never do anything wrong, so don't ever say anything bad about him. <laughs> uh, he's protected. So that would never be the case, trust me. Thing. And meanwhile, he, that never, never be the case, Matt. But that would be one scenario where I certainly see this. Yep. Walk on water, if you will. But <laughs> it really disheartens and destroys the business. And it really is not even good for the kid. It's not good for Matt. But if Matt knows what he needs to do when he fills the boxes based on the policies and procedures, it takes to successfully be in that box, which is our transition here. And the only way Matt will ever know that is by having objective policies and procedures that are in writing that will allow Matt to get trained on those systems so that he can be either doing it or not doing it. And if he's not doing it, then we correctively help him earn that box. And Matt needs to know that if he wants to go higher, he's got to first demonstrate that he can own that box. Because if he can, there's more exciting things ahead for Matt. Yeah. And that's the best way 
to bring this together. Now, the reason I like this so much is because I know when, okay, I've never actually worked for my dad and I never probably would be able to. However, I can recall back in the days when my dad used to be my baseball coach and I used to dislike that as much as, uh, as anything. Oh, yeah. So, and, and one of the problems there was I just didn't like him telling me what to do. And I don't know if that was because of my type of personality or because he was my dad or maybe a healthy combination of both. However, I like what you're saying in the sense of if you've got these procedures in place, it's not coming from an individual. It's not like you saying to me, look, Matt, I want you to do this, go and do it. You're basically saying, listen, this is – this is the procedure on how this task needs to be done. You need to follow that procedure. That's how we work. And it sort of takes the sweat off an individual. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah. You know, you're so on target with that. Uh, what is really cool, what Matt is speaking about here and that he intuitively understands is that the good news is that I'm his dad. The bad news is I'm his dad. So whatever I say, <laughs> there's this rebellious thing that can happen. Not always. There's sometimes line to be, but more times than not. Yeah. Think about it when you were a kid growing up. How much did you listen to your dad, especially by the time you hit 16 to 18, right? Mm-hmm. The only people you ever listened to is maybe an uncle that you thought was cool or typically your friends, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, you know, this whole thing. So whatever I said, if I said black, you say white. But if I'm bringing you on board and go, look, Matt, I'm here invested in your success. This company someday being yours is good for both of us. But the only way we can do it that it's going to be good for both of us, there's a written set of policies and procedures based on the org chart, and here's where you start. And it's not going to be my opinion about what I think you are and aren't, because that opinion would be colored. I, you're my son. I never think you do anything wrong. Or you're my son, and you can never do anything that'll make me happy. And there's plenty of that going on, too, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is the best way that you and I, Matt, as father and son can work together it's going to be objective policy and procedures. And then when you're doing it, you're automatically moving your way up. Yep. It's, I'm not being the coach per se, although I'm here for you. This is how we've agreed to play. These are the rules of the game. Yep. And that really helps family members work together. I imagine as well in relation to that, and I know we're going to cover on this in the following episode when we talk more about leadership, but it does take, I suppose, a fair bit of grit to be able to turn around and do your to, to, to son, your daughter, or anyone for that matter, and say, listen, we've known, obviously, if you're, you know, if, if it is, if it is my son, I know, obviously, you know, I've raised you, but that, that regardless, this is how, this is how you need to do this task. Otherwise, you're not doing your job properly. Like it, it, that would take a lot of, I suppose, grit to be able to turn around and, and confront somebody like that. Here's what I'm going to say is most, like most things, it's always handled better on the front end than what you didn't say or you didn't address. Right. So like my dad who said to me, I owe you an opportunity, not a guarantee. Yeah. That was super helpful. And when I've coached people like Mark and some of these others who have taken this about how to bring their son or daughter into the business the right way, it's magically seemed to work out so much better each and every time. Yeah. Because the expectations are set, the objectivity is set, they understand the path, they get the reason for going. And none of that can happen if you haven't defined organizational chart leading to policies and procedures that are objective and known and trade, and that there are objective, productive, accountable standards for each and every rung of your ladder, which is another word for your org chart, is how that 
Mac can you can come on and take over this company. By the time we have the keys, you're already sitting in that driver and you've earned your way to running this car. And that's a totally different thing. But Matt brought up a great point is that, you know, that's why if, if it is, so I was your baseball coach, Matt, and that didn't go well. This is more critical. This is our business. It's my livelihood and it's your, your livelihood and it's your future ownership, which is going to help fund my retirement. We can do this together. It's a little different than when I was your baseball coach. But if we're not careful, we're going to end up in the same spot. So this isn't a power struggle between the two of us. We've got to make it work for both of us or it doesn't work at all. Yep. That said, today, I'm giving you this opportunity. That's all that we're working on. Is that making sense that we are, are yep. we understanding about the dynamic that, that you're talking about and Absolutely. why these things yeah. are so And I can imagine, you know, in scenarios like you mentioned before, like with you and your brothers, I, I can't imagine another way that it would work. I mean, if you... I mean, if you've got four boys and they've always been competitive growing up together and all of a sudden they're thrown into a business dynamic where they've got to make you know, decisions about the future of a business or how it operates and runs, if there's no structure in place and everyone's going to want to, want to champion the entire thing <laughs> as opposed to championing individual yeah. components or you know, areas of that business. Yes. Well, that, that's the, uh, the old saying that uh, nature abhors a vacuum. And if there's a vacuum or a weakness, uh, it gets descended upon. But when there is structure, like an organizational chart, and leading to operating power, which is there is a set rule, not opinion, about what goes on in each activity for the box. Now, here's the thing about this, because I want to get to the meat of this on operating power, is how do you create these policies and procedures? And, and uh, the thing I will stress again is plain English, like we were talking about, is that it, it took me one year to write the outline for how it takes to run my company, for every activities that went on in each of those boxes. So once we finally defined the boxes, Matt, it took me a year to, to, to lay out the outline of activities. And then it took hiring Dan, who's going to be your future guest, Dan Holland, to work with me to create the first manual all those many years ago that really set the stones for how that we could all work together and how indeed my nephew can come into the business and now my brother's son-in-law can come into the business and how they can keep on going and growing. Because if you have a great structure underneath everything, your ability to add more and more floors and go wider and wider is totally in your grasp. Mm -hmm. But if you've got all of this built on top of taking ground, you've got no shot, no shot whatsoever. And so this part that I was talking about, remember what I said at the beginning here, which is your goal for listening and putting this in play is uh, in America, there's a, we have holiday Thanksgiving where we're all supposed to come together. We all fly in and give thanks for everything. And it's always a joke because it usually ends up being a movie that and Christmas where, you know, everybody just can't wait. They'd rather stick a knife in their eye than go to one of these things. <laughs> being around a family member, especially if you work with somebody every day. God, I hate your guts. Now I have to go to a party with you. I mean, <laughs> you're awful failure. So that, um, this, if you put these structures in place and you get on the same page, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You can still hate your sister-in-law or your brother-in-law or whoever else you are, but it won't be because of this. Yeah. That's my hope. And, uh, and because business is handled right. And getting back to, again, I'm talking today about family. You're going to be at a family occasion. The last thing you want to be talking about is this kind of stuff. Now that, by the way, we would get together and talk about work, but we wouldn't be yelling and screaming and poking a finger into each other's chest. Right. 
<laughs> telling each other about what a miserable failure you are and how you're letting me down. Yeah. That's no fun. That's no fun at all. But this is what kind of structure really allows and liberates us, which is why I'm coming back to this over and over again. It is a liberating experience. Now it's born in misery, but it doesn't have to stay that way. So yeah. get your outline of what it takes to get these boxes. Get down on paper. Whatever you put on paper beats what you didn't put on paper. And start outlining in an objective way, nothing longer than a page. What is it, let's say, the procedure for fixing the toilet? What's the procedure for um, where you want me to put my paperwork? Uh, where's the procedure for using my tablet if I'm electronic? Uh, what's the procedure for you know paying an invoice? What's the procedure for paying a vendor? How do I take a phone call with a CSR position? And if you can do that, when somebody comes on from the family, they can fit in that box and do it. I'm going to go upstream and tell a little story, not too much to feel about leadership. Because Matt was talking about the failure of a son or never living up to a dad's expectation. Years and years ago, uh, the New York Yankees, uh, known about in Australia. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of the New York Yankees? Yeah. So the Yankees had a uh, an owner, uh, Steinbrenner, mm-hmm. uh, many, many years ago, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000. And um, he was a tyrant. But basically, you know, he was a rich guy. <laughs> and some day he said, oh, you know, you're successful. The guy said to him, is because your dad uh, was this great shipbuilder in uh, this area. And so uh, he just turned to him and said, well, here's what you don't know. My dad's business was bankrupt and I had to bail him out before I could even get started. But here's what you're thinking, because this is the truth. Whenever a sibling, a child follows into their parent business, this is what you must accept. If you do, if the company sinks, it's because you're a miserable, rotten, incompetent person. And if the business goes on to wild success, it's only because of your parents giving you this great start. He said, if you can accept that and how people judge you, then you can move on and do great things. Mm -hmm. And I never forget that. I never forget that because it didn't really land with me. It's a double-edged sword of the nature of coming into a business. Outside expectations or even senior family member expectations. So you got to watch where that's going on. Yeah. uh, Because that doesn't help. Doesn't help. What helps is, is getting these procedures and policies into written objectives. Everybody knows what it is. We know what it takes to occupy that box and be successful. And that is how your family members and everyone knew that you're going to bring into the company that's in the family can work together in a great way, be productive and accountable. I, I want to make sure I'm not overplaying that, Matt, but it's, it's coming across about how you can do this and really, more importantly, why you got to stop whatever you're doing and commit to doing this. Do you ever have scenarios out where, um, <clears throat> you know, you may be, there may be two family members that, that fall on the end of the same box within an organizational chart? And like, how do you address that scenario? So say I've got two sons, they're both builders, they've both been working with me for ages, they both do the same, the same kind of thing. How do I then, you know, apply them different roles or managerial responsibilities, et cetera? Well, you know, I think it, it my, I believe in a well-rounded thing. And that was just, my dad felt that, you know, each of us, we could find our, our home at the business, but the best thing was that we had to spend some time in each and every role. Yeah. And not that I ever enjoyed payroll, but I did do payroll. Yeah. Uh, and and that, so I could, at least if something was wrong, worst came to worst, uh, in the depth chart, you know, in the organizational chart, we talked about where you start putting depth to it, first string, second string, third string, 
we talked about the halfback situation. So I would be like the fifth or sixth person who could do payroll. That means four or five other people out of six die, quit, whatever. <laughs> Eventually it would get down to me. I knew how that worked, but, but that was not the best use of my talent. Right. And, and there was a lot of crossover. So Marty was the financial guy, which was great for me and Richie. And he was the office management guy and all of that stuff. And we felt great liberty. But when he was on vacation, we could swing in it and manage it. Yeah. And uh, Mark Richie was, which is, was born with the golden hands. And my friend Dan Hollyan named him the man who could fix anything. And it's apropos. He is still <laughs> the best tech, even at this stage of his life. Really? But that said, he would, he would, yeah, he just, he'd love to be in the field all day. Yeah. But he accepts and understands his real thing is to develop other people. Yeah. And so he has to go out rather do that in the field with them as part of what he does, but he will come back in the office and do what's necessary. And I was kind of the cross between the two of them. It's just kind of how we fell into our role. Mm. But once we had the work chart, we always knew which box we were occupying at any given moment in time, right. any day, any week. So if you're talking about it, so you and I are brothers and we're both good service techs and we're, and this would be a scenario where we're both competing to ultimately as the company grows, become, let's say service manager, Right. Is that what your concern is? Yes. Yes. So there can only be really one service manager, but there can be a lot of field supervisors or one of us, depending on skill and ability to create other techs, which is recruit, hire, orient, train, and retain really good people who can do sales and communicate well, operationally good, be clean, dressed right, don't make a mess in the house, and actually fix what they came to do, right? Yeah. And whoever that is, is going to competition and demonstration will win that role. So whoever's there can either work under that leadership of that brother or sister, or they can move over to another chart and see the other path, which is, you know what? Maybe I'll be a big ticket, ticket salesperson. I have great technical skills and I can be in front of a customer and they will know, not only do I know how to communicate what I'm selling, but I actually know this stuff inside out. So they're lucky I'm the best guy here today. And so there's more opportunities on the org chart Nobody's ever going to be stifled. And if it comes down to, so let's say, here's a delightful situation where you've got a ton of family members and you decide, you know what, we've got to make the farm bigger, which is that analogy we've been using. Go buy yourself a, another business or another trade or another company or, and expand beyond what you're doing today so that there is more room for growth for these family members who are earning their way further and further up that, that org chart. So that's a delightful situation. And that was kind of we talked about the spoke before. Yeah, Remember we talked about the spoke shop? I do, yeah. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a paradigm, isn't it? It's sort of I mean, I suppose a lot of people would would not necessarily consider doing something like that. And but yeah, I suppose that's very a very viable uh way around it. <laughs> uh, well let, let me let me let me let me come back again. Once you have your system for the seven powers, planning, yeah. operations, staffing, sales sales coaching, marketing, financial, and the rest of it, you can run a really great profitable business in what you do. Or you can take on the world and go bigger and bigger and bring more family members in and do more of this stuff, do different trades, which is how we were able to springboard into other things. Mm-hmm. Because once you master that, then anything is on your plate. Yep. You decide what you want to do. And we're going to talk more about that in leadership, which is coming up. Absolutely. But for now, don't advocate doing that. I don't advocate doing any of what I just said in the spoke shop and doing more trade until you master this, yep. these things we talked about. But once you do, here's the carrot. 
or here's the you know the candy bar at the end of this, depending on what you like better. <laughs> you can go after more of it, and that's what this is. So what you gave us a scenario is a delightful scenario to me, not a bad thing. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, look, I think that pretty much wraps up this um, episode. Are you happy to finish up there with that? I am. I think that uh, I, I hope I've uh, been able to. So what would you say your takeaway from this? Why you you got to get your hands around operating power because you're you're really good at recapping that. Yeah, I, th- I think if I was to recap operating power would be, um, you know, most certainly make sure that this, your staff members or your family members or all of you, all of your um, organization really, there's, they have a clearly defined, you know, role and they know what they're meant to be doing. They know what they're meant to be looking after. They know what their responsibilities are, their roles. Um, and if you've got all that documented, then it shouldn't really um, cause too much um, I suppose confrontation in the space of you know what people should be doing and who's who to point the finger at. Like it should be pretty much laid out in front of you. Yep, you nailed it. Rock and roll. Couldn't say it better. Oh, that's a wrap. A great, we'll, great take. We'll come back in the next episode. We'll be talking about leadership power. Awesome. So if you haven't already, head across to the SiteShed.com and register for our Toolbox Talks where you'll be regularly sent great episodes just like this straight to your inbox so you'll never miss one. Uh, if you want to join the community, you can head across to the SiteShed.com forward slash members where for a small monthly fee, you'll get access to regularly updated training material as well as access to our forum where you can mingle and collaborate with trade-based business owners just like you from all over the world. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head across to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it, and it helps us spread the word and reach the masses. Likewise, if you know anyone that might benefit from the content we create, then please go ahead and share this with them. You've been listening to Toolbox Talks by The Site Shed. For more great content just like this, head across to thesiteshed.com and join the amazing community of savvy trade-based business owners. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000 percent return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.